You're listening to Broken Hearted with Althea Branton. Join me for unscripted conversation about heartbreak in all its forms. Instead of getting over heartbreak, move through it. Face your pain and see what happens next. Welcome to Broken Hearted. I'm Althea Branton, and I'm so glad you're here. Jan Marie is an Ivy League educated therapist turned transformational life coach, proud Latina entrepreneur and essential oils advocate who prides herself on being genuinely compassionate, non-judgmental, and supportive, making her clients feel nurtured and empowered in order to live happy, healthy, and balanced lives. She blends her nearly two-decade-long career in mental health and private practice and entrepreneurship to help you live your life with balance and fulfillment. As the mother of two toddlers, she prides herself on working her business around her life so she can live the life that she herself supports her clients in creating and loving. Jan Marie and I have an intriguing conversation about ice cream and broken hearts. What is it about ice cream that soothes our soul, that makes us feel comforted, especially in times of despair, pain, and heartbreak? I absolutely adore this conversation. It's not often I get to chat with a fellow mom, but when I do, it's always a treat. Enjoy. Jan, welcome to Broken Hearted. It is a joy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Althea. I'm honored to be here and you are shaking incredible grounds, moving and grooving <laughs> like no other on a mission with this podcast. So God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I absolutely adore having these conversations. There's, it brings me so much amazing, delicious feelings mm-hmm. to engage on a regular basis and talk about what I love to talk about. So we are going to dig deep today into this whole notion of when our heart is broken. Mm-hmm. And for, the, for our conversation, we're going to talk about romantic heartbreak. Okay. When our heart is broken, so after an intimate relationship comes to an end, we have this socially accepted tendency to self-soothe. And when we self-soothe, I've actually seen books with ice cream tubs on them. I've seen this notion of, I saw a TV show once where somebody was literally sitting in an ice cream shop and someone else had made the comment that they had been sitting there for three hours just shoveling back the ice cream. Now, for the record, I am not throwing shade on ice cream. I love ice cream. It actually, and not frozen desserts for the record, because there is a difference. <laughs> I'm talking about ice cream, <laughs> like actual ice cream. There is, I'm not throwing shade at ice cream itself. It's delicious. It's tasty. It's a great treat on a hot day, but we've used, we have these tools that's acceptable to give ourselves a buffer from the pain. Mm-hmm. So you're hundred percent right. And we were just talking about our little ones before we started recording. And what's the first thing that we will do if our little ones are not feeling well, if they get hurt, if they fall we or they have a good day one. or to celebrate or after a graduation. Mm-hmm. I think it's our society. We find them a distraction. We want to nurture them. And in our society, nurture comes from food. And in coping, we have ice cream and desserts and chocolate. 
And I think you, you said it best with, you know, there's tubs of ice cream waiting in your freezer, but people are just without the coping skills that are healthy. We have the coping skills that are ingrained in us. And I think that's where you end up with your ice cream. And if you watch any of your favorite shows, nine times out of 10, I can promise you there's an episode where somebody is binging off of ice cream after a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or wine. I've done it. Or wine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could literally substitute ice cream. It's kind of like in math when you have variables, you just <laughs> remove this variable and you can just, just literally put something else in there. Chocolate. Yes. I still think chocolate's a food group. I'm just saying. Yes, I, mean, <laughs> I love chocolate, but you can substitute that ice cream, chocolate, wine, fried food, pizza, yes, whatever. Soul food or um, Soul people food. call it comfort food. It's all the mm, same thing. It's yes. all the same thing. When people are sick, what do we do? We bring them chicken soup. Chicken soup. Now I have heard chicken soup does have, it is. It does, but just instinctually without even thinking that or knowing it, we just want to feed people. We just mm. want to, we just want comfort. Even in the winter, which I remember <laughs> when it starts getting cold, it's like, oh, I just want something warm. I want some comfort food. Cause it's just so cold outside comfort. It has a name comfort food. Mm-hmm. And, and being Canadian, I have done just that when you hear on the radio that there's going to be a polar vortex and temperatures are going to slip. Oh, God bless. No. <laughs> so minus 35, yes. Oh, my first no. instinct is to say to myself, self, is my furnace working? Can I start my car? Where's my sweater? And where's the soup? Because literally, it's just too damn cold. No, no, no. I, minus 12 <laughs> was as cold as I can go. So God bless minus 35. <laughs> And I'm a complete Florida donated all my winter clothes. So, so sorry for those days. <laughs> no, you know what? We, I, you get used to it, right? It's still, it's still extremely uncomfortable and scraping snow. But you car. survive. We're, we're here. I'm here and I'm having this conversation. But yes. the, you said something so interesting. The coping skills that we have. Or lack thereof. Do, what, what are those skills? I'm curious. <sighs> I don't think they are skills. I think they are habits. I think they're almost like knee-jerk reactions. So to me, a coping skill, and I I love to teach the opposite of self-soothing. I love to teach self-care. And I don't think there's enough of that going around. So I love to try to teach the opposite of just, even though I'm a very big fan of food and wine and chocolate and ice cream, of just trying to celebrate with things for you. So, and self-care, I know everybody has this like stigma lately about self-care and how it has to be so expensive, but I'm talking about taking a walk on the beach, going to a dance class, spending time with friends, doing something that makes you feel better about you. Because nine times out of 10, when you take out that tub of ice cream, the ice cream tastes great. But how do you feel during and after? It doesn't make anything go away. It doesn't make Mm. you feel better. If anything, some people feel worse because now they consumed a bunch of calories and they want to have a revenge body for their ex, right? So it's counterproductive. Um, So the value in learning healthy coping skills, and they're different for everybody, which is so important, is what works best for you that's going to help you recover and survive and take this heartbreak as a learning experience and not as the end of you. I'm so glad you brought up self-care. Just today... (laughs) I read this amazing article as self-care as a mother 
mm, you know, self-care. Yeah, the self-care that is prescribed, so to speak, usually takes the form of pampering, something physical, a massage, a mani-pedi, time at the spa, or a bath, or any of those things. As a solo parent, all these things seem lovely and wonderful. I would love a bath. I would love time at the spa. But is it feasible for me? Is it feasible? Yeah. And do you have the time? And do you have the expense? And do you have the energy? And do you have the resources to have somebody watch your little one? So you have to let me, and I'm going to share with you and your listeners, I actually came up with, you will love this, a self-care guide for moms based specifically on the fact that moms don't know how to ask for help, don't know how to say yes to help because then they feel guilty, Mm -hmm. have to struggle with mom guilt, period. Almost have to consume themselves or not have to, they choose to because I think it's innate for most of us, the healthy, to balance. Um, Lose a sense of ourselves in the process. So it's how to gain back the concept of you can still love somebody and care for them, especially a newborn and a child, by loving yourself too, because you're a better person and a better mom after you've put in that time. So I actually put together tips, whether it's napping when you when they nap, which is something you mentioned earlier before we were chatting. Um, so many things, you know, whether it's joining a mommy and me group, so they're coming with you, or you know, when they do go do something, you do something as well. Um, and and I kind of a lot of people have the concept of, for example, when your baby naps, you nap. I'm all, (laughs) that's huge because a lot of people use that time to catch up on errands or like Mm -hmm. cook and clean. And I'm like, oh, people, there's that guilt setting in again. You have Mm -hmm. to do for you. So going back to the self-care piece, especially, I find that so, so huge for moms, especially new moms is the Mm -hmm. sense of, again, new habits, new people and raising our children to not reach for a tub of ice cream when things aren't good. Mm, teach them how to know how to soothe how to learn how to soothe themselves without needing somebody else or something else mm -hmm. how to feel better internally how to feel more positive about themselves how to have healthy boundaries and communicate well and verbalize well so they can say i'm hurt and this hurt me but this is going to make me stronger and i'm going to learn from this and this doesn't change who i am because so oftentimes when there is heartbreak people start to question themselves and their value and their worth and they make bad choices, like grabbing lots of ice cream sometimes, because they're not feeling good about themselves and they just want to feel better. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's choosing things that are going to be good for you, whatever that is. Maybe it is ice cream. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what you need. But nine times out of 10, you're looking for so much more than some ice cream. Yeah, because let's be real. Who's going to reach for a salad when they're sad? No, nobody. <laughs> nobody. nobody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a glass of wheatgrass juice so <gasps> I can feel amazing. No, it's not, no, no it's these things don't happen. You reach for the phone and you call a friend or you reach for your favorite candle or your favorite movie. And there's so many other things. You go for a swim. You love yourself back. Because essentially mm-hmm. when we're soothing in that way, when we're self-soothing, and a lot of my clients do it through alcohol and drugs sometimes, or mm. you know, just not, it's, it all goes back to not taking care of yourself. So what's going to make you better? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not feeling good, how can you give back to you? Because what you have through heartbreak is a loss of love and a loss of value and you're distraught and you're heartbroken and you're heavy and you feel worthless. And 
at that moment, most people think, what's the point in that moment of crisis? But it's taking away that crisis and giving back to yourself. My favorite line is way before when I was um, younger and single, and it is to this day, is my favorite Valentine is myself. Because Mm -hmm. I love to love myself like I love to love on others. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference because 99% of the people that I encounter do not love themselves the way that they love everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it also comes back to when this sort of event happens, you don't want to feel it. But you're feeling it. You don't want to. You don't want to feel it, but you feel it. You have all, you totally have all the feels, but you know what? Eating that little bit of ice cream mm-hmm. makes them go away for just a minute. For a minute. But what if you could do something that lasted so much longer than that? Mm-hmm. What if you could love on yourself? Mm-hmm. Truly. And not and only I- that, mm-hmm. but sit in that pain as a loving act. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's a grieving process. Yeah. It- Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and think it's not it's, about pretending that it didn't exist or pretending that you don't care or pretending that it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. It's how to grieve through that, move past it, and eventually put down that pint of ice cream or that gallon mm-hmm. and move forward in healing yourself. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. The other person, nine times out of 10, just fine. And who wins? They are. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, did we talk about it? I'm very real. They are good. Yeah. The reason I ask is we have become so good at hiding how we really feel. We've become so Oscar-worthy skilled at, at showing the world just how sunny, shiny, happy, rosy, rainbow farted unicorn our lives are. Yes, but we're talking about one person and it takes mm. two to tango or more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So you're nine times right. out of 10, if you're at the end of heartbreak, the other person's just fine. Mm. Or at least much better than you are. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. Remember, <laughs> I do this all day long and not to mm. say that I know everything, but there's mm. always a person who's straight or always somebody who wasn't happy or didn't feel hurt or didn't feel loved or didn't feel valued or is done mm. with the people or has been cheated on or is cheating and they're just done so by the time yeah. that they're done they've, they've already on. gone through they're already done yeah they long before you even you mm-hmm. bingo i totally totally am on board for that and i totally believe that actually happens and i know this because i went through that hmm. i went through that when i was married I had decided that this marriage was over and I grieved and I planned and I plotted. I shouldn't say plotted. I guess I made arrangements. Yes. I did everything. It still hurt as hell, but I did. Absolutely. But you were in control and you grieved the loss of the love that you were expecting in that marriage and what you Mm -hmm. hoped for that marriage the day you got married. So Mm -hmm. you had already gone through that. So of Mm -hmm. course it hurt but you weren't heartbroken at that state. You were heartbroken before, way before that. Mm-hmm. Before you made the decision to plan, that's where your heartbreak was. Mm-hmm. That's so, so you true. had rippling revisiting of that. Yeah. But that heartbreak for you was way before. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, it literally happened that way. I had, I, I felt sad. I felt upset. I felt mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. Up until the point where I had to sit my husband down and say, our marriage is over. I'm leaving you. Mm-hmm. And then his heart was broken. So but, even I had already yes. gone through that process. Yes. You're absolutely right. I yes. had already gone through that process. And then to watch him start his process. Yes. Yes. But at the end of the day, at that moment where you let him know what was happening in your life, mm-hmm. in his world, in your world, you had already gotten to the final stages of grief. You were at acceptance. Mm-hmm. And then he started his process. So yes, it's not to say that there's not hurt on the other side, especially in circumstances like that. But your heartbreak was in the middle of that marriage, way Mm. before you planned. That's so true. That's so true. And because my son was an infant at the time, I didn't have, there was being a new mom and and figuring out like, okay, um, what am I going to take with me? Like there was just so many arrangements to make now when I sit and I think about it, I think, did I have time to binge? Did I have that space to stuff my face with? I mean, I was barely eating as it is. <laughs> of course. Well, you were a new mom with an infant. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I, and you know, it, that part didn't really come up for me, but because of the nature of the work that I do and having the conversations with the people I, I do, this is something that we either consciously do or even unconsciously do. And it is not even just ice cream. No. It could be exercise. Oh, it could be working overtime in your, in your career. Well, because you don't want to be part of what you're part of. That's not making you happy. Mm -hmm. You want a distraction. Mm -hmm. So if we could talk about the coping strategies, I really believe that these coping strategies are results of conditioning, years and years and years of conditioning and years and years of societal norms. It's mm-hmm. okay if a relationship comes to an end, there's certain emotions that are acceptable and others that aren't. Mm-hmm. Anger is acceptable. Avoidance is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Feeling numb is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Crying is acceptable to a point. Mm-hmm. It's also depending on, and I've seen this in my own work, depending on the nature of the relationship, there's an acceptable time to grieve uh-huh. versus like if you were only dating someone for three months versus dating someone for five years versus being married to someone for 35 years. Versus having a family versus, absolutely. There's varying acceptable levels of grief and loss and pain that you can have and hold Mm -hmm. depending on your situation. Mm -hmm. So if you were married to someone for 35 years, you had three kids house, you built a life together and all of a sudden the marriage falls apart, you're allowed to eat as much ice cream in the world versus someone who is only seeing somebody for three months. Mm -hmm you just have to just get over it. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, okay, hold on a minute. Pain's pain. Yes, absolutely. 
and someone can love and value somebody in a short amount of time so much more than anybody else could have invested over years or decades. Think about that. And even think of it as well. And I've worked with couples, believe it or not, it still exists, even like prearranged marriages. They're lifetimes. The level of connection, it's not time, it's connection. Connection mm -hmm. is so much more mm -hmm. because so many people are together forever and aren't connected or disconnect and don't have the chemistry and don't value one another and don't love one another and don't support one another. Mm -hmm. So back to your, I love how you said when you were talking about the different levels of relationships, I was thinking of houses, the three little pigs hut. And then you think, <laughs> seriously, it's made out of straw and you can blow it down. Yep. Or you can think of a house, but it, the, the structure of the home, and, and what I mean by that is the, the relationship, is not mm -hmm. by time. It's by mm. investment. How long did you invest in that relationship? How much mm -hmm. of yourself did you invest in that relationship? How much did you pour love into that? Because you can have a hut that's 80 years old, and you can have an incredible foundation that's six months old. If it was built right. So something that I talk about often with my clients is what foundation was your relationship built on? I absolutely love that because you're absolutely right. It is about connection, mm -hmm. right? You can be with somebody for 40 years and barely stand at the sight of them. A hundred percent or always be working or always be fighting. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about where's, where are those good moments that makes mm -hmm. a couple. Mm -hmm. Where does that person contribute to your life? Mm -hmm. and, and how? The more devastating the end of the relationship is, I find if the connect connection was strong, mm -hmm. if, if it resonated in your heart, mind, body, and soul, and you felt it, and then all of a sudden... It shakes your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with grieving the loss, not a relationship, mind you, the mm -hmm. loss of a connection. Or the loss of the idea of what you imagined in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, and again, going back to couples that are together forever, they're grieving, you know, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect that my life would lead like this. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. expect to be single or to be a mistress or to be, uh, you know, widowed anything at this mm -hmm. stage in my life. This wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. So part of heartbreak as well is remember when we start something new that we're excited about, our plan is not for it to end. No, we want to ride this out until we can't no more. That is the heartbreak piece too, because oftentimes mm -hmm. it's not, it's either the disillusion of what you thought could be mm -hmm. or it's over and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So how do we change this narrative? How do, we, how do we shift this going from our immediate reaction is broken heart, soothing? I how do think, we change that narrative? I think you are definitely accurate to say that you need to grieve. You can't skip that step because it'll, it'll carry on into your next relationship. You can't skip the grieving. You may not like it. You may, have, may shorten it, maybe. Um, but you can't pretend, like you said, that it's not happening. 
But I think if, again, you come from a place of love for yourself, if you love and value yourself enough to feel worthy to love again or to be in a good position again, if you can put all that energy that you were investing to somebody else to put back into you and become a better person and learn from this experience, what did you value and what did you not? And what do you want next time? Or what don't you? Mm-hmm. And you guide that in a good, healthy way and give mm-hmm. back to you then you're going to attract and manifest a better relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe that relationship starts off with the relationship with yourself. Yeah. And, and this is what is, makes heartbreak so painful is, yes, we're mourning the loss of that connection. Yes, we're mourning the loss of what the possibilities mm-hmm. and, and what could have happened. Mm-hmm. But we're now facing ourselves. We don't want to face ourselves. No. You know, sometimes we don't even like looking at ourselves in the mirror. But here's the beautiful thing is what if we can change that concept? And when we're facing ourselves, we actually like what we see in the mirror. Mm, what if we yes. look at ourselves and instead of seeing the dead caterpillar in its shell, we see the butterfly waiting? Mm-hmm. What if we change our perception to love ourselves enough, to value ourselves enough, to grow from there and it's not our loss but we have to love beyond love ourselves in that process and it's not about being narcissistic it's not about being conceited it's none of that Mm -hmm. but that's where i'm big on and you asked how do we break the societal norm Mm -hmm. and you know where it starts in our home do you know my favorite line that my brother says in my house when he walks in there he said there are no self-esteem issues in this house when he's talking about my little ones. Mm-hmm. Because when my kids are hurting and they're not having a good day, they get hugs and kisses and I love yous and how beautiful are you? I cannot tell them enough. They are soggy and they tell other people they love them because that's all they hear. Mm-hmm. I love you. Hi, how are you? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. But they're coming from a place of nurturing And my goal and hope, and again, it's not perfection. I'm not the perfect parent. I'm not saying I know it all, Mm -hmm. but that's where my hope lies, that if I can teach them to love other people and to love themselves and to be kind, Mm -hmm. that they're not going to reach for this metaphor of ice cream or little ice cream because they will comfort one another, whether it's Mm -hmm. themselves, each other, their friends, their community. I want them to be the rock stars of change in their world, but it starts from inside. It has to. It, ha- it totally has to because so much of our, what we believe and what we know the world to be, it starts at home. And as a parent, one thing, and I totally, totally hear you on making that normal and making that just a part of everyday life mm-hmm. so that when your children- when your children grow up and they leave the nest and they go out into the world and do big things, they will already have this as their foundation. Absolutely. And that's what they will love with and share and foster. Mm-hmm. So when they go through heartbreak, my hope is that they'll say, hmm, wow, that person wasn't ready for me. Or that wasn't the best person for me. Or that wasn't the right time for my relationship but there's something else waiting for me. And no matter and what happens. Believer that even mm-hmm. heartbreak, because personal heartbreak, whether it's romantic or miscarriage or infertility or loss or anything, 
-hmm. which I've experienced as well, is even though you're dealing with that heavy, heavy loss, eventually you get to a healthy space where you say, you know what, even that heartbreak and that loss happened for a reason. It happened for a reason. The time, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. It wasn't with the right situation. It just wasn't. It's about acceptance. It's about what can we learn from this experience? Because I, I really believe that in, inside of feeling that pain, giving yourself the space and choosing, making that conscious choice to be courageous and to sit in that pain are these incredible lessons that because there's this movement of glossing over it and getting over it, we ignore all of those lessons. It's like, you can't, it's there. Whether we want to plant a seed and we don't want, exactly. We want to plant the seed, but when, as soon as we plant the seed, we want that seed to sprout right now. And, and it's really hard because that's something I struggle with is patience sometimes because mm. that same concept, but I, it's patience, it's progress, not perfection. Like Marie says, mm. you have to be patient with yourself. You have to trust your journey. Mm-hmm. That is so huge. Mm-hmm. And I know you were on the heartbreak piece and, and more romantic, but I'll say, I know I've, I've thrown it in kind of a lot of things, mm-hmm. but a perfect example, and it's, it was hard for me to get to this place in my life is we suffered a miscarriage before my daughter. And it was heartbreaking. It was a very much wanted baby. It was the first of many, you know, grandchild and the first, so many things. First Mm -hmm. in my marriage and I always wanted to be a mom. And it still hurts as I talk about it. My heart is heavy. But what I will say is the timing was I became pregnant with my daughter shortly thereafter. And there's no way I would have been able to have that pregnancy and my daughter at the same time. So with whatever heavy heart I have, and that's the only example that I can even bring to light personally Mm -hmm. from this Mm -hmm. is to say, of course, I wish nothing more than I would have had that daughter I found out that had a a birth defect um, that I lost her heartbeat before I could really hear it. Um, was that my daughter who's living and breathing and beautiful and gorgeous wouldn't have been able to be with me at that time because their gestational period would have overlapped. Mm -hmm. So the beautiful daughter I know wouldn't exist if that happened, if that came to fruition. And I've also made peace with myself to know that our body is powerful and God doesn't, for me, God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. And that baby had a defect, a, a genetic defect. And she would have not had a good life had she followed through. And my body knew that. And my body, she and my body didn't make it. You and know? As, as someone who I have also had the experience of miscarriage. And through that process, I did find that that was a, pro- a grieving process that I was com- constantly bombarded with it happens more frequently than you think. And, oh, you'll be fine. You can get pregnant again. You're strong. You're healthy. Da, 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 da. But none of those statements, no matter how well-intentioned they were, no, none. none of those statements made me feel any better 
none of my family, friends, loved ones did not want to see me in pain. Their immediate reaction was, I need to say something to fix it. Because this, what she's going through is making me feel uncomfortable. Yes. And what I will say is that is, I'm a huge advocate for the grieving process and, and for infertility and for miscarriage because nobody talks about it. And nobody that hasn't experienced one doesn't want to hear about it because it's too much pain to bear. They don't want to hear about death. They don't want to hear about babies dying. They don't want to hear about women suffering. Mm-hmm. And that is huge because you need to grieve that. You mm-hmm. have got to grieve that child. You have got to grieve that loss. You have got to grieve and give your body time to heal. And nobody talks about it. So if it's mm-hmm. one thing where I could say the most is you need in a heartbreak is you need to allow yourself the time and the space to grieve how you need to grieve, not how somebody else needs for you to grieve. Mm-hmm. And that is an amazing coping strategy that we can start to adopt is we need to do what's best for us, not follow someone else's predefined it doesn't work. Whatever, whatever that looks like for someone else and whatever someone else has done, because there's this tendency to come up with these exact steps or this solution that mm-hmm. I'm going to sell this to you mm-hmm. as this is how you need to do it. And I see this a lot in the romantic heartbreak space is these certain prescribed steps you need to take to get mm-hmm. over that person that broke your heart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work so, that way. No, it totally doesn't work that way. After I was, I had the miscarriage and I, I remember coming home from the doctor and the doctor ordered me on bed rest. Mm-hmm. And I literally laid in bed for like three days, mm-hmm. just in tears. And I watched a ton of television because mm-hmm. what else am I going to do other than sleep and eat? Mm-hmm. I just watched TV show after TV show after TV show. And just, I really, I felt numb. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually hit me mm-hmm. until like the third day of lying in bed and having all this copious amounts of bed rest. It didn't hit me that my daughter was gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly, I didn't, at the time, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to feel it. So I just figured, okay, well, I feel angry. I feel Mm -hmm. upset. I feel disappointed. I journaled a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate of journaling. I think Mm -hmm. journaling is, and I've been journaling since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. God help me if anyone found my journals. But either way. It would be very juicy. Right? Oh my goodness. It would be mostly like, I went to the school dance and the boy I liked didn't ask me to dance. It's, it's a lot of that. Um, but journaling was the one thing that really just having a place yes. to take so, everything that's in my head and in my heart and, and put it somewhere. So it's not sitting. I found is the more I, I just, I didn't let these feelings out either by talking about them or by journaling them. I'm toxic. Yes. And, and this is why, so when we're going through these, these things and the, these feelings, pain, let's be real. Pain is not cool. We're going to call it Althea. 
We're going to tag it. Ready? Ready. Emotional sepsis. So you are just in pain and you're poisoned within and until you let it out, you're killing yourself. Emotional sepsis. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's going to be a hashtag. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's that's going to be is. a hashtag. Emotional. You're absolutely right. It is. What, then that's why all the stuff is inside of us. It's got nowhere to go. So what do we do? We find ways to make it better. We find ways to not feel all of that stuff that's building up. And then what happens? We either we implode or we yes. explode. You've got it. But how, how is that good? And that's my question to everybody all the time. How is that healthy for you? How is that good for you? It's temporary. But how does that work? Well, Jan, I don't want people to think I'm weak because I'm showing emotion. But you know what? Showing emotion isn't weak. I think it takes so much strength and so much courage to, to allow yourself to be who you are and to feel what you're feeling. I think mm-hmm. it takes so much more courage to do that than to keep it in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hear stories of people all the time who refuse, who have consciously chosen not to show emotion until things really come to a head and then they start to show emotion. And then they're like, oh, well, I must not be strong. Or because strength is associated with it. And I, I see this a lot with men too. Boys don't cry. Oh my God. Listen, not in my house. <laughs> I, my son can cry. He can yell. He can. Mm-hmm. And just because it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's what you do with it. And you know what? And it's so sad to, to, but the connection that I made as soon as you said that was, do you know how much pain the people that are suffering internally have? Those are our suicide rates. Mm-hmm. That's the, the courage that doesn't come out. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, you have to, those are people struggling. Those are people st- internally suffering mm-hmm. and it doesn't help. It's statistically proven. It doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You have to get out. You have to connect. You have to find someone, you have to find help. Mm-hmm. You know, and for some people, unfortunately it's too late or they don't have the right people around them. Mm-hmm. It's and they're sweet. grieving. Yes, they are. They're and grieving whether people see it or not. And we need to make a shift between trying to fix it Mm -hmm. to holding space for someone. I love, that's one of my favorite phrases, holding space. Yes. Holding space for someone is so beautiful. Allowing them to be who they are when they need to be and just Mm -hmm. being there and listening. Mm -hmm. That's oftentimes what people just need. Someone to Mm -hmm. listen, to care enough to listen. Mm -hmm. And just say, I hear you. This sucks. Yeah. But yep. you know what? We're just going to sit here and we're just going to be with this for just a second. You don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. but just feel and just be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just sit here with you. So I'm not anti your, your ice cream. I like it. I like but it. I too. definitely feel that that shouldn't be the last step. I think that's maybe the beginning of the healing process is your ice cream and you take it from there. Mm-hmm. Jan, I want to thank you for such an incredible conversation. It's been my honor completely. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you again.
Thank you. So now that we know what ice cream can do for us, it's interesting to note that it's not even just about how ice cream makes us feel. It's that feeling of being comforted, of knowing that no matter what is going on in the present moment, that we're going to be okay. And there's nothing better than that feeling coming from within you. To learn more about Jan Marie, go to her website at www.janmarietlc.com and sign up to receive free tips and tricks. You can also follow Jan Marie on Instagram at, at @janmarietlc and I'll add this in the show notes. Join me again next week for another edition of Broken Hearted where we will talk about all things heartbreak. In the meantime, feel your pain and see what happens next. Broken Hearted is sponsored by Heart on Fire, a new kind of coaching experience. Start where you are with what you have. Begin to move past the pain. Go to bit.ly slash recover from heartbreak to book your free heartbreak recovery session today.